you know, my advice would be if you want to launch something, like go all in. It's it's not going to pay off if you're just sort of tiptoeing around the edge. And, and that's totally what I did. I, I was tiptoeing. I was scared. I was thinking I, I already was doubting myself. I, I didn't believe in myself already. Already I was thinking no one's going to sign up to this, so I'm not going to make a big deal. And of course, that's exactly what happened. I didn't make a big deal and nobody signed up. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name's Charlie. And my name is Femke. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about launching things, launching digital online products. We've talked in recent episodes about Charlie, you recently launched your Patreon, which is really exciting. And also last week, we finally opened the doors to the community, which is super exciting. And it's still there now. If you want to register, you can go to designlife.fm slash community and register there. But we thought that in light of these recent launches that we've both kind of been doing the last couple of months, it would be a good time to talk about what it's like to launch a product. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of organization. So while it's fresh in our minds, I think it's a good time to chat about it. I think so too. And I'm also keen to share some of my past failures with launching as well, because oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Patreon and the community, those are the two successful launches that I've had in my life, but I've launched many other things like to crickets and had no success whatsoever. So I'm excited to share basically what we did differently yes. compared to those those failure launches. I think that'll be really, really interesting. But before we kick it off, as usual, how, how have you been? How's your week? The community's now live. It's so, so exciting. How are you? I'm good. I am tired because we spend the whole weekend working and I had really gotten used to having the weekends mostly off. Like I would do a little bit of side project stuff here and there, usually just write our show notes, edit a video. But this weekend I feel like I was working from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to bed because there was just so much to do. So I'm looking forward to catching up on sleep this weekend, that's for sure. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I'm pretty tired and like you, had a few late nights, a lot of work over the weekend and now throughout the week, you know, with the first week being live, there's always little things you have to fix and stuff like that. So I'm also really tired, but I'm also really pumped like it's been so cool to see people join the community and so that just gives me like a little extra boost of energy each time I see someone join it kind of you know reinforces like oh all of that work was was so worth it so I feel really good yes I'm tired but I'm feeling really motivated as well yeah it's been super inspiring to see people join and yeah it gives you the warm fuzzies doesn't it (laughs) Totally does. And and thank you, by the way, if you're listening and you joined the community, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And it's super fun to have you in there. Yeah, I love having a space to easily talk to everyone. Like Twitter is great, but, you know, with the timeline and the messing with the algorithm now, I feel like we just can't rely on any of our social media anymore to actually (laughs) reach people. So having a place that I know we can talk to people is, is great. Let's talk about our launch. I, let's start with the positives, I guess. What was your favorite part about it? Like, what do you think went well? I, hmm, so many things. Actually, it went like a lot better than I thought. Like, I think a lot of things went <laughs> really well. Uh, you know, there's 
I, I kind of always prepare myself for things to go terribly wrong. Fair enough. And I try, obviously, to avoid that happening as much as possible by making sure everything, like I've checked everything, everything's ready to go. And like, you know, for, for the listeners listening, we had a checklist that had, I don't know how many things were in there, too many to count. So many. <laughs> and it was basically like our go-to reference for, for this whole launch and checking it and making sure we'd done all the tiny, tiny little things that you think about. And then it's easy to forget them because they're so small, but really important. So it's good to kind of have a running list that you can add those little tasks to that come up. Uh, but yeah, I think it overall went really well. I personally liked how we combined the fact that if you signed up in the first week, you get the free sticker pack. I think that's really, really cool. And we also created this uh, like community member only sticker. It's kind of like a badge style sticker design where it's like, I'm a community member. And I think that that's really cool and, and a nice touch that we decided to do to kind of, you know, Make it feel a little bit more official, I guess, or make it feel kind of special when you signed up that you got something kind of exclusive that nobody else would really get. I think that was a really nice touch that we did. Yes, I think we should say too that the we only gave the free sticker pack to people who signed up in the first week. So unfortunately, if you're listening right now, yeah. then you missed out on that deal. But I mean, you can still buy the sticker pack. Head to designlife.fm slash stickers and you can find them there. But that idea of giving something extra away to the people who sign up early is something I'm a big fan of. That's what I did with my Patreon. And that's why I wanted to try and like repeat it with our launch for the community because I saw like frankly so much success with the way I did it for Patreon mm -hmm. that I wanted to try and recreate it somehow, but without offering more 15 minute Skype calls because I was going to have <laughs> enough of them. Um, for background, in case you didn't hear that, that's what I did for my Patreon. I, uh, instead of just the rewards that they get for the tiers, which I think are pretty great on their own. <laughs> but if they signed up in the first 24 hours, I gave three extra things. It was a digital download of this Photoshop mock-up template for t-shirts. It was a, a wall art that will have shipped to them, um, a piece from my wall art collection, and then also a 15-minute Skype call with me where we can talk about advice, give feedback, whatever it is that, you know, however they wanted to spend that time. So those bonuses were obviously worth more than any of the tiers that they would sign up for on Patreon, which made it quite compelling, I think, to sign up in the first 24 hours and join early. And I think the same thing has happened with our launch, right? Like, I don't actually know how much the stickers are really like a motivated for people to be like, oh, I'm going to sign up so I get the stickers. Right. But I think it, it is a motivator to sign up in the first week rather than the second week, you know? Right. Like, it's a motivator to sign up now and not sort of dilly-dally and think, oh, I'll, I'll yes. probably sign up in the future. Yep, totally. We want to get people in the moment when they're thinking about it, right? So, yeah, I think I think that worked out well. That's that's something I'm really glad that we, we did and put the time into. So with your Patreon launch, what made you decide to only limit it to 24 hours instead of a week? Is that just because of the potential volume of Skype calls you would have maybe had to do if you had it open for that much longer? I can't even begin to imagine how many Skype calls I would have had to do if it was <laughs> open that much longer. So already as it stands, I'm having to do about 130. I was expecting maybe 50 people to sign up at an absolute maximum. Wow, so yeah. obviously it's far beyond my expectations and yeah, so I'm really glad that I only stuck it to 24 hours, but I guess 24 hours for me, I was like, this is like a launch. I'm going to make it like super short so that 
um, you know, I'm giving away quite a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's make it only apply to those who sign up from the very start. It was quite funny the other day. I was having coffee with Pat Flynn, who has a podcast called Smart Passive Income and a blog and everything like that as well. It was telling him about my launch and that I had to do 130 video calls. And he was like, well, congratulations, I guess. I was like, yeah, that is a good reaction. (laughs) Well, at least now you, I guess have not I don't want to say learn your lesson but now you <laughs> kind of know I guess what to expect in future if you do this again like you kind of have this baseline expectation so you know maybe in future you might do it a little bit differently maybe to the first just the first 12 hours you know who knows <laughs> right <laughs> oh that's really good though like I think the fact that I I liked that yours was 24 hours because it created this like immediate sense of urgency, right? And and I mm. noticed it too when you opened it up. I, I saw on Twitter, you know, people were super excited, super keen to get in there. And your your bonus of a Skype call is such an intimate bonus, right? Like it's mm. not like get this extra free whatever thing. It's like, no, you get 15 minutes of one-on-one time with me, which is so valuable. And I'm sure that that definitely encouraged some people who are maybe sitting on the fence to actually take the plunge because they're like, oh, I get FaceTime with Charlie. That's that's super valuable, I think. It's your time, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I, I, I'm sure that was the way it was perceived. Something that I think was different about that launch to all of the previous ones that I was talking about earlier that I would kind of consider failures from a launch perspective was that I talked about it and teased it in in the upcoming but I didn't really talk about the fact that I was launching a Patreon I wasn't like Patreon launching you know Tuesday at seven or whatever because I don't know I don't know if people get that excited about a Patreon just because of the way that most creators use it if you know what I mean um, and I, I was trying to do something different, so I didn't want them to already have be put off just by the thought right. of what it is without having being able to see the details, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So I sort of teased it as in something really exciting, working hard on, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then when I did launch it, I talked about it a lot. Like, I'm surprised anyone still follows me on Twitter who wasn't <laughs> interested in my Patreon because I did talk about it a lot. And that's obviously the main difference between this and my previous launches where I tend to, like, just launch and not say a whole bunch, like maybe tweeted about it a couple of times, but honestly, I was just afraid that no one would care. And so I didn't really give them a chance to, to like turn it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a common mistake when launching things is you're, you're doing all the hype before and getting all excited and then it's launch day and you're like, it's launched. And then that's it. Like, I don't know. I don't think the work stops there. I think that's in a way where the work really starts, right? Like, you launch yep. something and then comes the job of like sell, sell, sell and make a big deal out of it and get people excited about it. Like it doesn't just end on launch day. You've got to keep promoting and keep spreading that message. I think that is super important. And and that's what we've been trying to do with this community as well. Like we're still in the first week at the moment. And so I still think that this is a really important time for us to keep sharing that message. And I know that it, it can sound to yourself that you're being like super repetitive after a while because you're like sharing the same message all the time. But you got to remember that every time you you share that message, there's going to be at least one person who's going to hear about it for the first time, right? Like they're not going to have seen all your previous messages. And so it's always worth it to just keep sharing that message. Totally. And I would not recommend sharing the exact same message. Like right. when, when we've been tweeting about it, we change up the messaging each time, you know, attach a different photo perhaps, 
you don't want to repeat the same tweet over and over and over again. But no. <laughs> sharing the same message in a different form, I think, is great because that's how people are going to learn about it. And what you were saying before about the pre-launch hype, that's something I didn't do for past launches, I think. So uh, I would just start talking about them when it launched and people weren't really primed for it. You know, they weren't expecting it. And so they didn't really care, I guess. And I, I didn't work hard to make them care. So I've learned from these past two launches that to be successful in a launch, you do really have to build up the, do the pre-launch and the post-launch. It, like, it, it's essential to have both of them. And I guess the the things that we did for the pre-launch for the community were probably quite different from what you did for your Patreon, right? Like for the community, some of the pre-launch things we did was sending emails and like letting people know in advance what was happening. But with your Patreon, it was a bit different, right? Like like you said, you were just sort of saying something exciting is coming soon without being super specific. But with the community, we were very specific, like, this thing is coming, this is what you're going to yep. get, these are the benefits. So they're both quite different approaches, I think. Totally. And with my Patreon as well, I had for months been, I don't know, like I was asking for advice on if I was to start a Patreon, what would you want to be part of the tiers? And I've been talking about it in our community. So many people did guess that that's what it was. And it made them excited that they sort of had this inside secret yeah. that they knew what it was uh-huh. but That's nice. even though I wasn't like coming right out and saying it so I thought that was pretty cool but yeah if I had done things differently I think that hmm I think that I would pay more attention to the pre-launch with email because you just mentioned email then yes we sent out an email and we had been mentioning it coming up but we really didn't send that many emails about it you know no. I, I probably would have done spent time targeting and creating a really solid launch sequence like revealing a new piece of information each time sort of thing building up to it but honestly there just wasn't time for that like you know that was just yeah, one of I the know, things I that know. would have been a nice to have but yeah that is something I would do differently next time and perhaps be already prepared with a post-launch sequence as well with you know some final day selling whereas we are going to send our emails this week as the launch week closes but uh they haven't been written yet right no. so they're going to be like on the fly rather than like a prepared automated thing ready to go I would love to have that be a thing for the next thing I launch what about you what what do you think you'd do differently for launching something next time well one of the things that I liked that we did as well was we in the meantime you know, while we were building up to the actual launch, there was a place for people to submit their interest. So we did have yes. a, an email capture form on the community page where it was like, if you're interested, like this is coming soon, let, drop your email here and we'll let you know. And I think that was a really good thing that we did as well because we collected quite a few email addresses from that and you can kind of think of them as leads right like they're people that are interested in what you're going to sell and want to hear about it and so that's sort of like another tool or a technique I suppose that you can do if you're going to launch something is to at least start capturing people's interests so that when the launch does come you know that you can really target those people and they're going to be high quality leads but I, I do agree with you that I think we could have done more in terms of email leading up to the launch uh, I think we sent out like one email before the launch or something like that. And yeah. I, I, I do agree that we could have been a lot more, not not aggressive with email, but, you know, just a bit more persistent with it. And I think something else that could have been interesting just to try as kind of like a, I don't know, project maybe is 
maybe like documenting in public what we're up to and the process and sort of the behind the scenes I think could have been really interesting because it, I guess it gives people a way to feel like they can participate and follow along and then also sort of generates this excitement because you can see what's going on and you can see the progress and where it's up to and it kind of instills this like oh like you know you know what they're doing and, and you get more excited because you can actually see the progress and I think that that could have been something fun to experiment with. Yeah, I feel like Owen, your partner who helped us with the Builder, our community site, for anyone who doesn't know, um, he did that for the launch of his beta community, right, and daily newsletter. I feel yeah. like I remember seeing a lot of screenshots of him in the process of building this thing, and it was really exciting to follow along. So, yeah, I like that idea. What you are saying before about capturing emails, too, uh, that's something that I'm definitely going to do for launches going forward. And in fact, I've mm-hmm. already started oh, for nice. the launch of my font that I'm going to be making and selling at some point. I was hoping it would be this year, but who knows now because we are coming to the end of November already. <laughs> but uh, in a recent video, I designed a landing page and I was like, well, I might as well design a landing page for this font just like as this hypothetical project then I get something kind of productive done at the same time <laughs> and in it I was like and if you're interested in this font then head to charliemarie.com slash font and sign up to be notified when it goes live and there's already been some signups to that so that's really exciting. That is exciting and I think that gives you two like that gives you several things one of them being accountability you know you, all, yes, the, all of these people are sure. signing up and you're like okay these people want what I want or want what I want to make so that kind of gives you a bit of motivation and and accountability and also gives you like encouragement you know for similar reasons like people want this I I'm going to make this I'm going to give it to them uh and and also like I said before it gives you high quality leads you know once launch comes those people are going to be probably likely the people that are going to buy so I definitely think if if you're getting ready to launch something then in the process while you're getting ready for it capture people's emails or or somehow gather people's interests so that when you do launch you've got at least a group of people that you can really target yep yep solid advice I want to talk more about the so that's like the technical and like you know how it works type of launch stuff but I want to talk more about the emotional side of launching something because it is a really stressful process right Fem? uh yeah you're constantly (laughs) doubting yourself and thinking what if no one signs up or what if one person signs up and you know it 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 can be scary I'll admit like I was a little bit scared the day before it's kind of like having cold feet like the day before the community launched I was suddenly having all of these doubts in my mind you know like thinking why are we doing this what if nobody's going to sign up we've put so much effort and energy into this what if it all goes south like that could totally happen yeah definitely and I don't know, it's just so stressful and it's something that you've put so much work into and you just want people to care so badly for all of your time to be worth it and because, you know, when you're creating and launching something that you feel does give people value, you want them to, to like, be there to receive it, right? And right. my main, like, I wasn't as scared of that for our community as I was for my Patreon, I think because I just had the successful Patreon launch, but... Yeah, like I said, before Patreon, I'd never really launched something successful. Like with my t-shirt lines, I would launch it and maybe would sell a couple on the first day and like a couple more than that in the first week. And then it would just, you know, continue on slowly trickling in like that. There was never this like avalanche of people who are interested in 
in supporting me and my products, right? So that was a new experience and not something I was expecting. And that's why I wasn't expecting it was because I'd never had that success before. So I was preparing, I knew that this would be kind of more successful than, than the t-shirts because I was trying harder with the launch of it, you know, but still that was that was definitely a fear that I had in mind was that I would launch and people would be like, Oh, that's, that's a cool thing that Charlie did, but no one would actually care that much. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking back to some of the things that I've tried to launch in the past. One being I did, I think it was at the start of this year. I don't even remember. That's how like not great it was. (laughs) I put up, I put up these mentor sessions, like these coaching sessions Uh, where people could basically book like an hour of my time and I'd give them feedback on their work or, you know, talk about like kind of like your Skype call in a way, but commoditized for an hour, like buy an hour with me and we can have a call and talk about whatever you want to talk about, whether it's feedback on your portfolio or you want advice on life or something. And I, I just launched that like I barely talked about it. I just thought, actually, I I had kind of purposefully launched it quietly because Hmm. I was embarrassed that it wasn't going to work and I didn't want to make a big launch scene only for nothing to happen. (laughs) And then you're kind of out there in the lurch and it's kind of embarrassing. So I thought, I'm just not really going to say anything or make a big deal and I'll just do a couple of subtle tweets like, if you want to book an hour with me, like you can go here. And, and so that's what I did. I, I super downplayed it, kept it super low key. How many people, Charlie, do you think signed up to book a call with me? Maybe like one or two. Zero. Nobody. No, it's okay. I'm not bitter about it, but it it was an experience. And I think I learned so much from that, that, so like, you know, my advice would be if you want to launch something, like go all in, it's, it's not going to pay off if you're just sort of tiptoeing around the edge. And, and that's totally what I did. I, I was tiptoeing. I was scared. I was thinking, I, I already was doubting myself. I, I didn't believe in myself already. Already I was thinking, no one's going to sign up to this, so I'm not going to make a big deal. And of course, that's exactly what happened. I didn't make a big deal and nobody signed up. So I think, you know, you have to... Just go all in and you have to believe in yourself, make a big deal out of it, believe that what you're selling is valuable and people will show up. That's really solid advice. And I feel the exact same way that I've learned from those past failures of, you know, launching quietly, because if you're quiet about it, then no one else is going to be, you know, excited about it either. Yeah. Like if you don't care, how can you expect other people to care? Right. Yeah, totally. Or I don't know if it's caring because I definitely cared a lot about my t-shirts. Right, and yeah. I, I, it was more fear, I think, is is why I would would downplay the launch of it. Because I was like, I like, maybe I was protecting myself from getting hurt. It's like, if I don't try too hard with this launch, then I can just brush it off and be like, oh, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't even try. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what I did. And I... Uh, yeah, I just think that if you really want to launch something and have it be successful, then go all in. Like, don't just tiptoe around it. Just do it. I think that's why I did decide to go all in on my Patreon and, and try and, you know, talk about it a lot and make a splash. Because on the Patreon profile, it shows you how many pledges there are, like how many patrons there right, are Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's public, right? So, Yes, it's a public number. And I was like, if I launch and I'm talking about this a lot and people go to the page and it says two patrons 
then I'm going to be really embarrassed for no good reason. Like, no one would judge, you know, but I would feel bad that I was making such a big deal out of something that only two people had joined. Thankfully, that didn't happen. But actually, I'll share, share a little tip here, behind the scenes secret, that Patreon themselves suggest is that before you launch to get some social proof, you should get a few friends to sign up to support you so that when the first people come and visit your page, it doesn't say zero. Because uh-huh. that is a scary number to be the first one to do something. And so, yeah, they suggest that you get a few friends to sign up so that when someone comes to the page, they can see a few people already on there and they'll feel a bit better about joining themselves. I don't like, I don't know, part of me was like, is this cheating? Is this lying? But I don't think so. I think it's just getting around that social proof and the psychology of not wanting to be the first person to join something, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I And I think that's, like, I think that's good to get, encourage a couple of your friends to sign up first because especially in your case where that number is public it is like social proof like if it said zero nobody wants to be the first person because then you're thinking but nobody else has signed up so maybe it's not worth it or it's not actually good but I just didn't want that thought entering their minds (laughs) exactly so all that number needs to say is any number other than zero right like as long as there's at least one other person already on there then that totally provides that social proof that people need totally can we talk a bit about audience? Because we actually had uh, Zach, Zachary ask, how do you get the first users for a new product? He says, we did a great job leveraging our podcast audience to create a community, but do you have any advice for people who are looking to launch a product but don't have an established audience? Because this definitely does play a part. And obviously with my YouTube channel, I have 70,000-ish YouTube subscribers right now. And that's something I didn't mention yet, but when I did the launch of it, I also put up a video that was like, this video will be deleted in 24 hours just mm-hmm. to try and encourage people to watch it in those 24 hours because that wasn't clickbait. I did delete it after 24 hours. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was my way of getting a lot of eyeballs to the project, right? Because you know that a very small percentage of people are actually going to join. So the more eyes you can get on it, the better. I would say, though, that would you agree with our podcast? We don't have a huge audience like it's not massive in, t- in terms of, you know, like compared to my YouTube audience in, in comparison. Yeah, I I would agree. And I think also with a podcast, it's harder to actually, you know, how do you say this? Like w- with a YouTube channel, it's on the web. Like you can click links, for example. With a podcast, yeah. when you're listening to it in your ears and you're maybe on a bike or driving and then we tell you to go to this website page the chances of people doing that are so low right whereas I I think in something like a a YouTube or or a blog it's much easier to sort of link and direct people to places Uh, that's a lot more challenging with a podcast because there's no like physical interface so to speak Uh, so exactly it, it is it is harder with a podcast I think to not just build a community but actually like turn that into something and and encourage them to take action somehow, I think is, is quite challenging. My advice to Zachary though, like unfortunately is to build an audience before you launch a product. Like, yes, you could launch and then bring an audience in and then they'll see you have a product, but then you miss out on that whole launch idea, right? And the, that special feeling that comes with being the first to get involved with the product and, you know, doing a launch week special or whatever it is you want to do. I do think it's worth spending time on content marketing, building an audience before you launch that thing. 
we've been doing this podcast for two years, right, before we launched the community. Yeah. So we'd put in the time to create a lot of content and just give a heck of a lot of stuff away for free before we started asking people to support it in any way or even giving them any way to support. And it means a lot that people are excited to support now that there is a way to do it. So, yeah, I don't think that there's a shortcut to successfully launching something without an audience already established unless it's a product that's going to do like great with seo and be picked up on product hunt and things like that Mm, i agree and i don't agree just for the sake of having someone to launch to but i think the value in building that community beforehand is also that you can get to know and understand and learn about who your future customer is going to be and that is immensely valuable when it comes to creating the thing that you want to launch to them because you get to create something that you know is going to fulfill a need that they have or or help them with a struggle that they have like with access to this audience that you've built you can get to learn and understand them and get to know them better so that you can better create something that's actually going to fulfill their needs because i i often see people create these products or or launch these things that actually nobody really needs like they never actually validated that anyone needed this or that it's actually going to provide value to anyone you know they just created it because they thought that people needed it but I think if you have an audience you can actually test and validate your idea and that's super valuable as well when it comes to actually launching something because like people got to want what you're selling right in order to be successful and having that audience that you can use to help validate that is really, really valuable. That is a really, really good point. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I'll say too that you don't need a huge audience in order to be successful launching something. You just need some, like a small group of really engaged people who, like you said, Fem, are really interested in the thing that you're selling. So Mm -hmm. it's not that you need to have thousands and thousands of people on your email list or following you on social media or anything like that before you launch something, it's more a sense of that when you post a new piece of content, there's a, a handful of people even who are excited about it. You know, you, yeah. you've got someone's attention. That's, I think, a better way to judge. I would think that you could easily launch a product to an audience of a couple hundred people if they're really engaged and and have what you would consider a success with it. Obviously, not every single person is going to buy. So even if a small percentage of a couple of hundred really engaged people buy, that's amazing and that's great. So what one thing would you change from the way that we launched the community? Is there any like lessons learned in the last couple of days since we sort of pressed the green light that you've already thought, mm, maybe we could have done this thing a little bit differently? I think the launch emails, like I was saying before, that's what I'd do differently was make the time for that because... Like, I feel like like with any deadline I have, I work really hard on it when the deadline is approaching, but when right. the deadline is far off in the distance, it's really hard to force myself to work on it. So there was definitely places where I could have made time for that and didn't. So I would say that that's the one thing that I would do differently. How about you? I think for me, it would be giving a bit more time and energy to our page like the designlife.fm slash community page is kind of our sort of marketing landing selling page so to speak where there's really an opportunity there for us to sell it and share success stories and 
potentially have a video there that kind of shows you what the community is. I would have loved to have been able to spend more time really polishing and crafting that. So it's a really, really strong sort of selling page that uh, we didn't quite sort of it was more time, like we didn't quite get the time to do that. We were so heavily focused on the actual behind the scenes of the community and making sure everything yeah. works and is connected. And when you sign up, this thing happens. You know, that took most of the time to make sure that that was all in place. So like now a lot of the selling I feel like is really heavily on our shoulders, like for us to do tweets and, and encourage people to spread the news. Uh, whereas if we had this really strong landing page, I feel like that could really help in the first week to sort of solidify and validate the community and encourage people to join. But, you know, there I still think our page that we have up there at the moment is, is pretty good. I just feel like it could have been better. But, you know, when it comes to like when you're down to the wire in time, you really got to focus on the priority things. So I'm not bitter about it. And we can always improve. You know, that's the thing too is there's always room for improvement. And when it comes to launching something, I feel like there was so many things we had on our wish list. Like, oh, it'd be awesome if we yeah. could do this thing or have this. Uh, and they all are great ideas and, of course, would be amazing to have at launch. But, you know, we just had to prioritize in the end, right? Like we just had to basically make this priority list and, and work through it that way. I'm glad that we didn't hold off the launch in order to get those things done, right? Because another thing that Meg has asked, who is a new community member, she wasn't part of the beta, but she's in now, which is really exciting. Meg says, I love, I'd love to hear about how you decided when to launch, like when to get out of beta. And we easily could have delayed it, right? We had plenty of excuses oh, totally. to delay our launch. Like, oh, let's just delay it another week so that we can make a proper landing page. Let's just delay it another week so we have time to maybe run a second round of beta or to... Yeah. to create this launch sequence that would have been really easy to do but I mean honestly how do you think we picked our date I feel like we just were like well I guess that's something we could work to let's do it <laughs> I think it, it took us a little while to to get to the point where we both realized that we're just never going to be ready like it's never yeah. going to be perfect there's always going to be more things that we could do to make it a better launch and so totally. that took us a while to get to I think it took us a couple months and once we kind of realized that that okay we just got to get this out the door and and prioritize the most important things and we can always add those nice tabs later uh, that that's when I think we kind of were like okay let's pick a date let's pick a date like when works for you this week no you're away what about this week you know like we were really like okay we got to pick a date now and have something to work towards yeah, I definitely recommend picking a date to launch. Uh, and announcing it publicly is great because it means that you have that accountability there, right? We had people in the morning of that Monday because it was not ready in the morning of that Monday. And we're like, oh, when are you launching? Like, is it coming tonight? And we're like, yep, yeah, it's coming tonight. It's like, coming, it's coming. To work on it. <laughs> so yeah, picking a date and announcing it publicly is a great way to hold yourself accountable. But yeah, I mean... You can keep fine-tuning it forever, but you can always keep adding to it, like you said, Fem, after you launch. Yeah, and, and I mean, watch this space, right? We've got so many ideas for the community on how to improve it and things we want to add, so it's it's definitely not finished, you know? Like, I, I will admit yeah. that it's not finished. There's more things that we want to do and more value we want to add, and I think actually having or saving some things that you can add over time in a way is is a good thing because over time, as people are in the community for longer and longer, you can drop in some new things over time. And that sort of helps keep people around, I think. So, yeah, 
I'm just glad that it's out there really. Like I feel like so much weight is lifted off my shoulders. It's it's really exciting. I think it's been a good yeah. launch overall. I think so too. I think we've done well this like we've talked about things we've learned, things we'll do differently, but overall I think think it was a good launch. And I hope that you listening to this episode enjoyed hearing about the launch as well. And if there's any further questions you have about launching things, then you know where to find us on Twitter. We're at Design Life FM on there and we'd love to answer them. And if you want to join the community, you can join anytime. Just head to designlife.fm slash community and you can sign up to join the community there. Unrelated to the community, but still related to the podcast is I have a podcast review that I would like to read out. We haven't read one of these for ages. (laughs) I know it's been a while, but we love getting podcast reviews. We read them all. If you have been enjoying the show, then we'd love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you use. And I want to read out this one by Nairi. And she says, I was lucky enough to stumble across this podcast in an Instagram comment and have been an avid listener ever since the beginning. I'm not a designer, but Charlie and Femke's content is still applicable and insightful for other creative fields and beyond. I love their determination and authenticity and look forward to their content every week. This is the first and most podcast I recommend to anyone. That's so kind that we are the first one that you recommend. Yeah, I, that's so nice. that. Thank you, Nari. <laughs> Thank you so much. So if you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider living, living, leaving us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And also please consider living. That's great too. Yes, <laughs> keep living. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice to talk to your family. It's good to talk about this, I think. Yeah, nice to chat. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.